Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Maximizing your assets because a first-round pick in 2017, one through four protected, is way better than three second-round picks. Way better. Yeah, not even close. Like no one's trading three seconds Four seconds. No one's trading eight seconds for that. No. Mm-hmm. So that's really what they did there. That's what's so. That's what's so interesting to me about like maximizing your assets. Crazy night, guys. Thank you for all your work. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. See you. Good night. One one forty three to one eighteen is your final Jazz fall tonight to the Timberwolves. We're breaking it down next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Hey, Jazz fans, do you want to win a flyaway to see the Utah Jazz take on the L.A. Lakers on Sunday, April 9th? The Utah Jazz and Zions Bank are teaming up to give one lucky winner round-trip airfare for two, hotel accommodations, and two tickets to the game in L.A. on April 9th. Entering to win is easy. Just visit utahjazz.com slash flyaway for your chance to win by February 28th. No purchase necessary. Official rules apply. You'd do anything for your pet. PetSmart can help. We make it easy to score food, treats, toys, collars, beds, and more. Whether you're on Team Dog, Team Cat, or even Team Reptile, Fish, or Small Pet, you can get what they need at PetSmart quickly and conveniently. Shop 1,600 stores, PetSmart.com, or the PetSmart app. And use Afterpay to shop now, pay later, in four interest-free installments. PetSmart. Anything for your pets. Afterpay terms and conditions apply. Visit PetSmart.com for details. Mountainland Power Equipment provides exceptional service and high-quality brands you know and trust in lawn, landscaping, and snow removal products. Their experienced staff of technicians repairs all types of snow plows, snow blowers, and lawnmowers, and small engines, and are trained to answer questions about lawns, gardens, snow removal, and landscaping products. So whether you're digging in the dirt or digging in the snow, check out Mountainland Power Equipment, now with two locations to serve you in Salt Lake City and Springville. It starts here with our team on the court and our fans in the stands. It starts here defending our new home, the Maverick Center. It starts here with the Salt Lake City Stars, the NBA G League affiliate of the Utah Jazz. With tickets that are fit for family, friends, workouts, and more, everyone can experience the Salt Lake City Stars. 
Get your tickets today at slcstars.com. Jazz basketball starts here. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Post Game Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz Post Game, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall to the Timberwolves at 143 to 118. Let's get right downstairs to Coach Hardy. Talk about that, but the speed with which Colin is attacking the basket and the force with which he plays, those decisions have to be made in very. Uh, quick time frames and so it's always going to be a balancing act um i remember you know coaching tony parker and there's a lot of those moments where the guy's going so fast to the basket it's it's tough it's tough to those bang bang moments of like should i attack the rim to score or should i kick it out like it's it's easy when you can pause the film but um that's going to be something that's that's a huge point of emphasis for Colin on the offensive end. And defensively, it's guarding the ball. He's fully capable from a physical standpoint of having a great impact defensively. Um, he can get really low. He's very explosive, super strong, can get through screens. And it's going to just be, you know, every day continuing to work on that technique and the mindset of you can impact the game in a lot of other ways besides just scoring. What has Mike meant to you as a first-year head coach? Um, I feel like we've talked about this a lot this year. He's an unbelievable pro. He's very steady in his approach and his mindset every single day. Um, He's a great sounding board for me. He's been somebody that you know you can count on in terms of not only an understanding of what's going on in the game but an understanding of kind of where we are in the season and and what the team needs Um, his experience as a player is something that I lean on a lot and it helps that we're the same age and um, you know both have young families and are in similar stages of life. Um, so there's been, you know, we've done a lot of bonding um, and had a lot of, you know, great conversations just about balancing that part too, of balancing, you know, this this world, the NBA world, and kind of the, the time constraints and different things that come with that um, and being a husband and a father and, and all that stuff. So it's, uh, you know, he's... Uh, He's everything you, you want as a first-year head coach. What do you what would you tell fans as far as Ochai's development if he's going to be playing 24 minutes a game over the last 26 games of the season? What should they look for as far as improvement and development from him? Yeah, Ochai, number one focus is defense. He has a real uh, ability to separate himself on that end of the court um, because of his physicality. And that's something that's been an emphasis for him uh, from day one. Offensively, you know, we're trying to slowly build his game out. Um, He started the season by being somebody that's super active as a cutter and a crasher to the offensive glass and shooting catch-and-shoot threes primarily in the corner. But, you know, he's somebody that was National Player of the Year in college. And it's about 
trying to add in other elements to his game at this level in terms of like coming off of off-ball screens and shooting, um, attacking the basket off of sort of some second side actions. Maybe not he's the primary player, but ball gets swung, reversed to the second side, and that's when Ochai can attack and be a decision maker. So um, like all of our younger players, you know, we've talked about Walker and kind of his growth as well. It's it's about it's not always about what to add. It's about when. And I think Ochai's had a pretty steady progression this season. And our goal is to continue on that path. It's not about um, rushing to the finish line, if that makes sense. Um, we want to continue to to grow him at the right rate. Do you learn something different from players in live game situations that you don't usually see in practice? Absolutely. Um, you know, You've heard the term gamer before. Like It's a whole different thing out there. And when you're playing an opponent that has scouted you and is trying to take things away from you, and they may try to take something away from a team standpoint. They may try to take something away from like a personnel tendency standpoint. You know, If they know that I'm a great right-hand driver, they may try to keep me off my right hand. And in practice, we're so focused on you know our team concepts when we do have the opportunity to get on the floor and do a team practice that we may not be, you know, overly focused on one or two players and like taking away one tendency from them. There's certain coverages that we may see as a team that we're trying to work against, but um, it's always good to get guys game minutes. And that's why, you know, we have such an emphasis on the G League. If guys aren't able to get minutes for the Utah Jazz we try to use the stars as much as we can and I think we've seen great success with that I think it's a big reason why Ochai when he did end up getting the minutes that he's gotten with us and he did sort of crack into the rotation he was ready because he'd been playing a lot of live basketball against um, you know opponents that were trying to beat him we've talked a lot about what Mike Conley's brought to the Jazz on court too and just kind of setting up his teammates without him now how do you did any of those guys' roles change, or you know, kind of what do you tell them as far as getting the ball in it, kind of a different way? I'd probably wait until Drake's official. Okay. okay. Uh, for absolutely no reason at all, can you tell us what you know about Juan Toscano Anderson's game? He was a great player for the Golden State Warriors. High energy, physical defender. Active cutter. I've heard nothing but great things about his competitive spirit and his character. Great. He he wore number ninety five, I think. Yeah. He's from Oakland. He is from Oakland. It's a great story. Thanks, guys. There's Jazz head coach Will Hardy. Uh, Jazz fall tonight to the Timberwolves, one forty-three to one eighteen. Obviously, not the biggest story of the night with uh, the big trade going down, which of course, I'm sure we will uh, review throughout the post-game show here. But obviously, Will Hardy can't officially talk about those things. Thought it was interesting, Sarah. Sarah Todd from the Des News. Her last question there, for absolutely no reason at all, can you talk about, <laughs> good for her creativity on how to couch that, but uh, um, it, it's just weird night, coach. 
Weird night. Yeah, there's a, there's a weird you know vibe, and it's it's always hard. You, you really kind of grow so fond of these guys, and and I think everybody understood this was all on the table all year. But um, you know, this team fought together for the majority of the year, and and honestly, it's been a awesome pleasure. It's almost like a you know the season's not over, but uh, it certainly changes a lot. And um, and for us, Mike is just a he's a phenomenal guy. So. Uh, a weird feeling, definitely, in the arena. The two teams did their best to compete really hard and try to give a show. Um, and Minnesota just shot the ball like like crazy tonight. The four players the Jazz traded, uh, Nah and Mike Conley going to Minnesota, and then Vando and uh, Beasley going to the Lakers, those four players played a big role on this team, big part of, of why they had – uh, as much success so far this year as they did. I mean, <clears throat> even you, you think of somebody like Nah, who was fighting for minutes. I mean, he made an impact at various times this year, both offensively and defensively. And then, of course, Vanderbilt, who started the majority of the year. Malik Beasley is is top five in the NBA in three-point uh, buckets made. And you look at Mike Conley, who's contributed mightily this year. Um that's a big part of who they are. I mean, now it's going to open some doors for some other guys to get in and get some minutes. But, you know, that that's a bunch of wins that just went out the door. Yeah, and um, and a, a really entertaining style of ball. Yeah. You know, you, you talked about Beasley making shots. We early on nicknamed, nicknamed him Threesley. Vanderbilt's energy in night one um, had seven offensive rebounds early in that game. Uh, and then, of course, just what Mike's been able to do since he got here. He struggled when he got here at first. He did. Uh, but he played through it, and the fans, you know, I can tell via Twitter, it, it's a sad day uh, for the Jazz fans, and I get that part. I do get that part. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's an easy guy to cheer for, Mike yeah, Conley. And, and always will. I, I'll always be a Mike Conley yeah. fan. I mean, that's one thing. You, you you learn a little bit more about these guys, and you totally get it, in Mike's case, certainly, why he was so popular in, uh, in Memphis and why – he holds a special spot in that fan base's heart, and I know he wasn't here long enough to probably carve out something similar, but I'm with you. I think uh, uh, all Jazz fans will look upon his time here uh, fondly, even though he was supposed to be the trade that put that last version of the Jazz over the top and to no fault of his own that didn't necessarily work out that way, but never took the blame, never really. I mean, man, always one of my favorite post-game interviews, you know, always really real. You could tell he cared to be a positive impact on younger players, which isn't always a common thing in pro sports, at least as common as people think. And, man, class act all the way. Easy to, you know, wish him the best going forward. I, I told you in the pregame, I got, I got to admit, I've – Kind of cheering for the Timberwolves a little bit this year. Want to see Rudy succeed, and now I want to see Mike Conley succeed. Yeah, well, you, you certainly wish the best for all of them. And, uh, yeah, weird weird feeling tonight. Uh, the game was almost secondary to the feeling of it all. And, you know, to be able to kind of see each guy uh, get the news and walk out, you know, that we saw from our, our vantage point, pretty interesting. But uh, nonetheless, Minnesota gets the big win tonight, and uh, the Jazz are they're going to re, regroup. I think with the trade deadline coming and going, no matter what happens between now and then, and we could see more moves. I mean, that definitely could happen. But I think it'll, I think it'll relieve some pressure once that comes and goes on what what team is left, and they can you know you regroup a little bit and come at it. So uh, they don't have any more games before that deadline. I think the next time we'll see the team, they'll probably be a little bit more off edge. 
Yeah, it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard. A lot of things swirling around. Um, But, yeah, the Jazz do the the Westbrook deal. And, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons, you know, there's a a difficult part of this. And then you look at kind of the opportunity that it opens. Uh, Pretty exciting uh, future for the Jazz, too. All right, the Jazz do fall tonight, 143-118 to to the Minnesota Timberwolves. With that, we'll say goodnight uh, to our network stations. Our next broadcast is uh, coming your way on Friday night. The Jazz hit the road now. They'll be on the road until the All-Star break. Uh, They're in Toronto to take on the Raptors. Uh, That game will tip off at 5.30. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more player sound for you. We'll continue to get coaches' reaction to this one as well. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight uh, to the Timberwolves, 143-118 to on a night uh, that started, Coach, with a trade that broke during the pregame show. Mike Conley's on the move, headed to Minnesota. Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well. Uh, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt headed to the Lakers. Russell Westbrook and a first-round, conditional first-round pick headed uh, to the Jazz. D'Angelo Russell will uh, head to the Lakers. And... Everything I'm reading out there, Coach, uh, the Jazz are expected to buy out Russell Westbrook. Uh, Crispy Haynes uh, reporting that uh, if that does happen, Westbrook could land in uh, L.A., but with the Clippers, which would be uh, which would be kind of interesting. But that's how the night started, and then the game just seemed disjointed. The Jazz did not play a whole lot of D in this one, Coach. Uh, the Timberwolves shot 57% from the field, 53.5% from three. They were 23 of 43. The Jazz only shot 42% from the field, 35% from three. You know, it seems like we're seeing kind of random nights. Uh, random guys have big nights lately, Coach. Uh, Jalen Noel, uh, 30 points, 11 of 16 shooting. Man, was he great. And then Anthony Edwards with 31. And it seemed like the Timberwolves were getting whatever they wanted offensively. Yeah, they were. And a lot out in transition. It was a hard game for the Jazz tonight. You could tell that it was almost secondary to everything else that was going on. I think that's fair to say. So, um, <clears throat> But a night that the team certainly played a bunch of guys, uh, extended minutes, haven't played in a while. And that'll probably be the case going forward. As, uh, you know, as you mentioned, there's a big piece of what was Team 49. Um, now no longer – well, Still team, yeah, still team 49. They're still team A little different. Yeah, just a different version. Jazz got 22 from Colin Sexton as he stepped into the starting lineup. Uh, 6 of 10 shooting, 4 of 5 from 3, doing the majority of that damage in the first half. Lowry Markkinen had uh, 21, uh, 21 on 8 of 16 shooting, 3 of 7 uh, from 3. Walker Kessler was 16 points, 9 boards. Uh, Kelly Olenek had 14 
Uh, let's see. Taylor Horton Tucker at 15 coming in off the bench. But uh, the Jazz come up short by a big margin as uh, the Timberwolves. We were talking about how the Timberwolves gave up a ton of points last night to Denver. Well, they scored a ton of points tonight against the Jazz. And Roasty was right. Two nights in, two Roasty, nights in a row. Roasty was right on a streak. On a streak. They got to that uh, enjoy your roast beef sandwiches tomorrow, Jazz fans. Yeah. Think of Mike. Have a roast beef. One last roast beef for Mike. Absolutely. Just do a little. Yeah, this one's for Hold you. that sandwich to the sky. So I actually this. just saw a tweet uh, kind of talking about. It's Andy Williams, who's my guy. He's a big jazz fan from Liverpool, England. Okay. He stays up. He watches. He listens. But, you know, he, he said the game itself tonight was secondary to, you know, everything else going on. Um, but. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think that that's what that's the story tonight. All right, let's uh, get some post game sound going. Let's throw things uh, downstairs to Taylor Horton Tucker. Obviously, with um, the news happening when it did, as close as it did to tip off, what's it like trying to kind of get adjusted to the way things are going to go after that? Uh, it was kind of like not devastating, but it was you know surprising. But obviously, you know it's the NBA, so you know for any situation. But um, you know, just being in a, uh, on a team with a group of guys like that, and you know getting close, and then you know, having some guys leave, that was always going to be a little hard. So just trying to you know stay in a stay present and you know stay in the moment. It's something you always got to do. In those seven did you guys get to have any sort of like goodbye moment with Mike and Vander here in the locker room? Uh, yeah, we all, you know, dapped up, said, you know, our goodbyes to each other, told Mike, you know, appreciate, you know, for him, you know, the type of person he is, uh, you know, being really open and, you know, having open arms to all the younger guys and teaching things, you know, with him being a super vet. And then, you know, with V's and Vander, for them, you know, always, you know, coming in and playing hard every day, you know, thanking them for that and, you know, just always being the, you know, ultimate professional. So pretty much the same goodbye and thanking them for that. What did you learn from Mike? Uh, just really, you know, how to come in, like you said, being a, he's really the awesome professional, uh, coming in every day, uh, making sure his body's right, making sure, you know, he's able to, you know, come in and lead a team. And, you know, I feel like he did that for, uh, for us this year. What do you hope for for the next 30 games, I guess? Uh, you know, just continue to get better, uh, try to win some games, and, you know, just really just try to continue to add and, you know, get some commodity as a group, you know, with the guys that we have in this locker room now. You know, Juan Toscano Anderson a little bit, right? You, as uh, we crossover. Well, we um, my right before I got traded from the Lakers, we all had you know worked out with each other for a few times, and then uh, at summer league. So and then we have we all have, with the same agency. So you know that you know relationship is not too far off. So it's a pretty good guy. Yeah. It was um, Juan and who else? Damian. Oh, and Damian. Yeah, I played with Damian in uh, in LA, so it was a great player. All right, there you go. That's uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who had a decent night uh, coming in off the bench, uh, scoring, let's see here, uh, Coach, 15 points on uh, 6 of 12 shooting, 3 of 3 at the line. He had 5 assists, and uh, unless he's involved in a deal before tomorrow's deadline, I'd imagine his minutes are probably going to go up a little bit, have a little bit bigger role. You heard uh, him talk about uh, familiarity with uh, some of the guys coming in as uh, part of this deal as well, Damian Jones and uh, – Toscano Anderson. Yeah, so uh, Horton Tucker is a guy who can, yeah, he can fill a whole bunch of minutes, and he's really versatile. Um, you know, he was good tonight, and I think he's had stretches where he's been really good. His, I, I think his the area he's got to do a better job of protecting the ball and really kind of shot selection. But uh, what makes him great 
is his his kind of conscienceless uh, play. Uh, but is also where it gets him in trouble. So it'll be fun to see if he does get more minutes, kind of how it, how it trends. He's a young guy, and uh, reps are very good for young guys to, to grow. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz fall tonight to the Wolves, 143 to 118. One we'll more player sound for you coming up next. Stay tuned. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Your final tonight, the Timberwolves beat the Jazz 143-118. to Post game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Of course, the big story, the big trade that went down right before the game. It was a Fun pregame show for that reason, Coach. The news breaking right uh, there when Mike Smith was uh, with us in the first segment. It was uh, you've mentioned this. It was kind of interesting watching on the monitor. Nikhil Alexander Walker say goodbye to everybody as he was literally out uh, shooting and then uh, go in the tunnel and apparently he walked right down the hallway and said hi to his new teammates because uh, the Timberwolves uh, obviously being in town, but. You know, Coach, I, I don't know. The Timberwolves also dealing with it. You know, D'Angelo Russell didn't play tonight. Uh, but I I feel like the circumstance had an effect on how the Jazz played. Oh, there's no doubt. And then it's certainly how they played. They they actually played pretty well offensively. But to have that, I mean, to have that many guys out there um, doing playing minutes that they're not used to playing and kind of having to do it on the fly. And then you really did get a great night shooting from from uh, Minnesota, they were lights out, and so all those things kind of worked against the Jazz. But I do believe that the energy overall was a little subdued based on you know what happened, and I think that's totally normal. Uh, let's get to the Master of the Glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass, the uh, proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program at the end of the regular season. Safe Flight, they're going to donate five dollars to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's. Team rebound leader tonight's master of the glass was uh, Walker Kessler had nine rebounds tonight to go along with his 16 points. He also had three block shots. The Jazz out rebounded the Timberwolves tonight, 50 to 47, um, which is a little surprising because there weren't a ton of defensive rebounds to be had. But the Jazz actually had 21 offensive boards tonight, which is uh, a great number if they weren't getting. Uh, beat so badly on the scoreboard yeah that is you know it, it all has to kind of work together uh they they really defensively tonight just got uh boat raced and so much of it was in transition um you know the timberwolves really put the the ball on the floor until they got stopped and they never really did they ended the game in transition 24 percent of the time with a points per play of 1.42 mm. almost 1.43 so uh, a bunch of those things were were hard, and then the Jazz got out and ran not hardly at all because they're taking the ball out of the net. 
All right, let's get back downstairs to the podium. It's time to hear from Lowry Markinen. Lowry, what has it been like playing with Mike this year and knowing that now that's not going to be happening? Uh, it's been, it was great. Um, just a veteran. He is on the court and off the court. Just learned a lot. The way he sees the game on the floor and uh, he's a true point guard. So it was a pleasure to play with him. Um, it's part of the NBA, but just off the court, great talking to him, being next to him in the locker room, spending time kind of picking his brain and uh, the best guys around that I've ever been around. So, uh, yeah, it was a great experience to have him here. What's the vibe like in the locker room when, I mean, obviously you know trades are part of the business, but when one happens that close to tip off of a game, how do you kind of react to that uh it's crazy uh it's part of the nba like you said we kind of we all understand that i've had teammates get traded after after the pregame meeting uh even closer to the game and it's so this was the second time it happened but it's always always tough you're not going to get used to it. it's the human side of the kind of ever since for me from late september kind of getting together with these guys, getting to know them and uh, trying to play with them as well as we can and uh, so the human part kind of kicks in but I mean it's part of the NBA so it's got to figure out and uh, still like our group of guys and so we can get a lot better with this team and but still the I think, I mean I believe in this team that we can do big things and uh, we just got to get back on the practice court and get better. When and how did you guys find out? Uh, I found out I came back from my shooting time and those guys were on street, street clothes. So kind of figured something happened and, uh, yeah. You've had a pretty, seems like a pretty smooth season so far. It's been, you know, maybe better than a lot expected and you had very good vibes in the locker room. Does this risk changing that at all or? Uh, like I say, it was kind of a weird time to be in the in the building, but it's not going to change. Like, obviously, those are great, great dudes uh, that we all love hanging out with and spending time with. So that's going to be missed. But uh, just the group of guys that we have here, it's going to be great po- positive vibes. And like I said, we're all eager to get back on the practice floor and get better together and uh, so that's not going to change thank you, thank you. alright that is uh, Lowry Markinen and uh, certainly interesting to hear him talk all, all these guys talk about Mike Conley and and playing with him, man, you just you just never hear a negative word about the guy. It's it's any wonder he's been elected uh, teammate of the year multiple times. Uh, it just seems like his um, you know his self interest or his interest in the guys is authentic. Yep, um, and his uh, you know he's so willing to give of himself in the in the lessons he's learned. All these young guys, it makes an impact. Um, and Lowry being you know very thoughtful there, I thought his words were were great, and I thought he kept a very positive tone and one that. You know, hey, look. Obviously, we're going to miss those guys, and they're great. But we're going to keep positive vibe, and we're going to try to get better together. And and that's what you'd hope your best player would say. Twenty-one tonight for Lowry Marketing, five boards, 
three assists. He was eight of sixteen shooting, three of seven from uh, three. And I'm I'm sure he will miss Mike Conley on the floor too. I mean, Mike uh, had a good thing with Lowry. Mike always a great uh, pick and pop point guard and uh, set Lowry up a lot. So it's it's nice to have a, a point guard that knows what they're doing. No, it does. Uh, it definitely does, and and it's for sure. Lowry, you know, has benefited from him, you know, being able to understand some of that nuance, you know, as he picks up and, and learns a little bit more each day, he goes out there about being the number one option. Um, you know, Mike set him up really well. So yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve now to get used to, to everybody else meshing and playing together. Mm, going to be different. Uh, I want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most uh, Valuable Educators presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas throughout the season. The Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, a $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets. See a jazz game in a suite. Go to utahjazz.com slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator right now. Uh, stepping into the starting lineup, Colin Sexton, coach, uh, 22 points tonight, five assists, five boards. Six of ten shooting, four of five from three, but twenty of those points came in the first half. Um, with no Mike Conley, you know he's. I, I expect Colin Sexton to step into that starting lineup and be the the point guard for this team going forward. That's going to be a a challenge for him. I mean he he certainly did that in Cleveland. Averaged twenty points a game. I mean uh, never doubt Colin Sexton's capability, but it will be a he is a different player than Mike. It will be a you different field. A lot about. There's no doubt. I feel like, you know, what we saw tonight with Collins, why I threw him, you know, a month or two ago in the bucket. You know, let's take him forward because his ability to go out there and kind of change the pace of the game with his style, so impressive. Um, efficient tonight, six for 10, four for five from three, got to the line eight times. That You know, what's not to like? And then to top it off, five assists, zero turnovers. So a really, really great outing in 31 minutes for Colin. And, yeah, he's going to get a lot more opportunities, a lot more reps, and um, I, I really like the way he pl- approaches the game. He's very aggressive. Oh man, he sets a tone. That's Hits for sure. This guy on the defensive side, you know, the whole thing. You, you I, I think Jazz fans have liked Colin Sexton, but uh, will continue to like him, if not more, going forward, based on how hard he plays. That hard nose, that edge type of player that I think most teams really need a, a player like Colin Sexton. So I'm sure he's eager to take a bigger role on this team, I would guess. All right, the Jazz fall tonight, 143-118. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. More player sound coming up next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. to the reaction here from the coaches the players as well as the coach tim lacombe it's the mark miller utah jazz postgame show here's jake scott Jazz post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and my Subaru is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share Mark Miller Subaru.com. Jazz fall tonight to the T Wolves. Not close. 
143 to 118. And uh, coach, this uh, this game in the first quarter was 33-31, and then from there it uh, unraveled on them a bit, uh, being outscored in the third quarter 40 to 21. Uh, and at that point, uh, the game was pretty much over. And I can't help but think, you know, if we're, if we're talking in this trades, obviously uh, being talked about, Don, obviously not totally official, but just waiting for that word. But I think the one thing that up to this point, you know, the last couple of games have been outliers. There's been a weird vibe hanging over the team. Yep. Uh, I, I have to believe it's because it's the only time we've seen this team really struggle to be motivated to to really play together. I think it's kind of been hanging out there for some time and it's uh like you said you know it's going to be it's hard to go through this but i do believe you know the sun comes up tomorrow and um the trade deadline comes and goes tomorrow at one o'clock and and you realize hey we, this is what we have and you move forward on a new course and it, it's of course you know the nba is perpetual it just keeps on moving and uh i bet this team it really is a whole, I'm sure, uh, up to the front office included, will be you know, relieved or, or certainly as eager to have uh, 1 o'clock tomorrow come and go and have a little bit of a, you know, exhale and then figure out where to go from there. And honestly, you know, you mentioned this, but NBA windows and the ability to contend is really what Mike brought the Jazz the minute he got here. I think they started getting thrown on that contender list. And, man, if it weren't for that hammy, you know, when the Jazz were playing so well, I, that's what I'll always think about with Mike. Um, and also the fact that it just didn't go easy. He didn't get here and, and yeah. slide into everything. You know, he, he really struggled in year one. And there were people that doubted, you know, whether it was a, a good thing to have him here or not. And in year two, he went out and, and just kind of put all those rumors to rest or all those, uh, all those you know, naysayers to rest. So. Yeah, it's a it's a wacky day for sure. And I'll always give him credit for fitting in with Donovan and Rudy, even though he was the vet and a star in his own right. And he really worked hard to you know be that good teammate and be what the Jazz wanted him to be. Great, great player for this team. There's no doubt. Let's go back downstairs. It's time to get some more player sound. Let's hear from Walker Kessler. You talked a lot about how much you learned playing with Mike and. Mm-hmm. Uh, how easy it was to play in the pick and roll with him. I mean, what does he mean to you just in these few short months you were here? Yeah, um, you know, obviously he's a very, very talented player. Um, I bet, you know, I learned a lot from him. Um, but you know, they're all they're all great guys. Um, and you get you get close with them, but you know, it's the NBA, so I understand. Um, yeah, you know, those are those are my guys, my brothers. Um, and you know, it's just it's part of the business, but definitely, definitely gonna miss them. First time kind of going through this as a rookie, mm. was that more difficult than you thought? Yeah, um, you know, because you don't like you know trades are like a like a legitimate thing, but um, to go through it and then like I'm a very like empathetic person, um, so you know you just kind of feel for them. Um, but you know, once again, you know, I'm not calling anybody out or saying anything was done wrong. Because you know it's, it's part of the business, but um, you know it's it's definitely a, a hard thing to, to go through. How does the news spread for something like that, and how does the team kind of come together and react at all? Yeah, you know, um, it was all love uh, between the guys. Um, you know, we all hugged, dapped up, you know, wished, wished them well. They wished us well. 
uh, keep in contact, obviously. But um, you know, you just try and keep a keep a positive headset. Okay. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks one. Walker Kessler going through his uh, first trade deadline as a pro. Little little emotional. Does you know? It's probably not easy to to say goodbye to teammates. I'm sure. He seems like a real relationship guy too. He de- right? he definitely does. Great point. So he has, I'm sure, you know, as he said, they're all great guys, and he's got uh, unique opportunities. When you travel on the road as much as you do with, uh, as a team, um, you end up, you know, having breakfast with one guy and maybe go grab lunch. Uh, that was one of the the funner things about traveling with basketball are um, those moments that you're not necessarily practicing or playing, but you're you're hanging out. So Walker seems like a guy that would be the ultimate guy in that regard. And so, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's good to feel those feelings. I think, um, as he said, he's an empath and I, I happen to be one too. That's a hard course to take. <laughs> yeah. I would much rather not care. Can be emotional. Uh, let's get to the Chick-fil-A filet foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A one app. Uh, let's see the jazz from the line tonight. were 18 of 21. Uh, Walker Kessler was Oh, let's see here. Uh, Colin Sexton was 6 of 8. Walker Kessler was 4 of 5. For the Wolves, they only went to the line 8 times tonight. They were 8 for 8. Man, there was a lot of threes being shot tonight. Too easy for Minnesota, right? Is that fair? Is that a fair criticism? Seemed yeah, like it, everything was too easy. It was too easy. Yeah, and, and it, you know, I get it. Uh, one of the great things about the game is you're, when you're really prepared to go out there you understand team strength and weak and weaknesses. You have a game plan. All that stuff got blown up tonight. I hope you know understand. But uh, you know you can still get in a stance and stop guys. But again, there's there's also nights where the other team just get, really gets it going. Tonight, Minnesota twenty three for forty two. I mean, they shot the lights out of it. By the way, quick uh, quote: uh, Sarah Todd from the Des News got this quote from Rudy Gobert about uh, being reuniting with Mike Conley. Quote: I'm really excited. I bet he is. It's going to help. I mean, I heard it kicked around, believe it or not. Um, it was a different type of trade, but it was basically a D'Angelo Russell, you know, Mike Conley type of swap. And it was actually Russell coming here because he's also on a buyout year. Um, but, you know, part of it was Conley understands where Gobert likes to operate. You know, he, there can be minutes out there where he feels at home and comfortable with the point guard. Uh, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. All right, time for some more player sound. Let's go back downstairs and hear from Rudy Gay. Um, somebody I don't know for twenty years, mm-hmm. and that's not a goal rep, but he's more than that. He's a he's, he's a competitor. Um, he, he was, you know, got got everything together, put everything together out there. Um, you know, I understand the business. I think probably more than anybody in this locker room. So I get it. But, you know, we get to see Mike though. It feels like you guys are pretty upset that he's gone, that he won't be on the team. Is that fair to say? Um, probably. Not like mad at the situation, but like it feels like a big blow. It does, but, you know, um, I guess this is, this is the NBA. Things happen. You got to deal with uh, the punches and try to move on. It's going to be an opportunity for, for some young guys to step up and um, try to expand their game and become better players. So, um, you know, obviously that's what um, the organization wants. So, and, you know, giving the opportunity to a couple different players. 
Bowery was saying that he's had an experience in his career where the guy was traded even closer to tip off after the pregame yeah. team meeting. I guess, what was the vibe kind of like in here, just given, you know, the timing of, of how it happened? I mean, if you haven't noticed, it's been kind of, it's kind of been, you know, dangling, you know, a little cloud over for a little while now. You know, um, you know, this is, this is for now, it's our team, and it's what we're going to go on. But, um, like I said, it's an NBA. Anything can happen. We, we knew the deadline just like you guys knew it. And we also knew things could happen. I think at the beginning of the season, all, all of you probably thought this was going to happen before. So, you know, it happened. We have to move on. We have to become, become better players and better people and, and move on and become a better team. What does it mean for your role? I mean, you're like the second or third most long, longest tenured player here now. I mean, that's a question for Will. I don't know. What, what about in here? What about in the locker room? In the locker room, I'm going to be the same person I've been, just a vocal leader. You know, try to keep guys in, in, in the same spot. Well, in the same spot, and the guys are moving up to be more of a better basketball player. So that's it. I mean, you talked about the cloud that's been hanging over him. It's it's so much easier said than done for guys to really walk out like trade deadline. Yeah, I don't think I really honestly don't think y'all understand how hard it is. So I can sit and talk, but you know, I don't think any of you guys are moving your families anywhere. So you know, it's definitely it's definitely tough. You know, um, but it's something we signed up for, and it's part of the league. So um, you know, that's more about that's more of what what we're worried about. You know, these people as as people, like like I said, Michael, somebody I've known for twenty years, and I know it's hard for him to move his family. And, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to talk to him regardless, but I know what he has to go through right now. What For was, you, what was his reaction to this? Um, what was Mike's reaction? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think everybody was pretty much surprised. Um, I would say surprised, but just, just kind of like thrown off a little bit, um, you know. But, uh, you know, I, me knowing Mike, I know he's going to make the best out of any situation. He's a positive guy. He's been a, a guy that's kept me sane for the past year and a half. So um, I know wherever he is, it's going to make uplift that locker room. Talking to Mike at the beginning of the season, he expressed being kind of conflicted, not knowing where this team is going. Did he want to get traded to contender? Did he want to keep his family here? How did that kind of evolve over the course of the season? I mean, it seemed like you guys like really became kind of a, a tight-knit group in here. Well, I mean, that's when the business comes into hand. I don't know what they're thinking up there, but I know that um, you know, Mike was a big reason that we started so well. So, you know, um, obviously they have the different plans, and we're here. Just got to make the best out of it. But uh, as far as Mike, you know, no matter what, man, no matter what, he's going to be Mike. And Mike is a great basketball player, a great person, and, and like I said, he's kept his locker room together. Um, you know, just with, you know, him being the glue with on the court and off the court, he's always positive. So, um, I hate to see that come there's still 24 hours. Left. It's still time. And so, are you still are you thinking about your situation too? Like, um, I mean, I'd be crazy to say no. You know, um, like I said, with that move, you know where this organization is going. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, I think at this point in, in my career, I, I do want to win and, and be a part of. Uh, um, know a team that's trying to get to you know, the promised land so to say but um, no matter what I'm gonna be a professional this is what it is thanks for you wow interesting last answer there from uh from Rudy Gay 
asked about his own situation uh, and if he'll, you know, his thoughts on possibly being moved before the deadline. And, um, you know, he said with this deal, it, it shows where the Jazz organization is, which I think we all knew. We all know. I shouldn't say knew. We all know. And he might want to uh, play for a team that's playing for a little more, uh, you know, playoff positioning, meaningful games, that sort of thing. Uh, interesting. I appreciate uh, appreciate his honesty, actually. Uh, his transparency was awesome. And, you know, and, and he did, you know, kind of bristle at the fact that he's a guy that's been traded and gone from place to place. And it's not the easiest thing. I'm telling you, the worst thing I've ever done in my life and I've done it a couple times is move. And when you're moving long distance, it's even worse. So you go through that stuff and it's a pain. But in the end, everything, you know, everything will work out. And I, I would imagine it'll work out well. I'm glad that Mike has Rudy there. You know, they seem to have a good relationship. And he can go try to help that team be better. And, uh, you know, and then obviously Beasley and um, <laughs> and Vanderbilt are going to go kind of with a new-look Laker team. It'll be really fascinating to watch with, um, with D'Angelo Russell. Who ends up back with the Lakers, yeah, right? I mean, just wild. Crazy how things come back uh come back full circle and you know it's a it's a changes the direction of some franchises i don't know how much better it necessarily makes the lakers i do think it makes the timberwolves better i think beasley will make the lakers better they need somebody who can shoot the ball and he can certainly do that um you know and the jazz pick up a a protected first round pick top four protected now if it if it ends up not materializing, then they get a second round pick in 2027, which obviously would not be terrific. So, you know, the, the Lakers can get bad uh, that year, but not quite uh, not quite that bad. But the Jazz, what uh, we were reading uh, before, Coach, now have 15 uh, unprotected or lightly protected yes. first round picks over the next seven years, which is amazing. It's phenomenal. And, and honestly, to those that are really myopic, I mean, I think. If you look at this this trade in a vacuum today and everything that's been going on, um, I think there's a lot of reasons to be grumpy. But I think you pull back and look at everything as a whole. Uh, it really is miraculous to you know a team that had zero flex room, zero draft pick really um, of of any kind of note, and um, you know still fought that battle of trying to to sign free agents. And I think they've countered a lot of that, and they've opened up a lot of channels to get players of myriad of different ways. And I think that's the way you got to be flexible like that. Uh, all right. We'll uh, wrap things up uh, coming up right around the corner. Get uh, coach Lacombe's final thoughts on uh, this one as the jazz fall to the T wolves tonight, one forty three to one eighteen. post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the, my Subaru is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers, Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own. My Subaru is.com or straight ahead. Uh, you're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running up, blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Four minutes to play in the fourth. Lob to Kessler at the rim and he packed it! Taylor Horton Tucker delivers. 134-106. 
That's our dude David Locke and your play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz fall tonight to the Timberwolves, 143-118. to Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. If you're just joining us, uninspired effort from the Jazz tonight, but a weird game. Trade going down right before the game started. Players that were expected to play. Mike Conley in in, uh, Will Hardy's pregame media availability said, Mike Conley will be available for the team. We had a report that D'Angelo Russell was going to be available for the Timberwolves. And then it breaks, uh, what would you say, Coach, 45 minutes before game time? A little more maybe? Uh, that the the trade is indeed final. Uh, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker all did not play. They are all on the move. D'Angelo Russell didn't uh, did not play as well, and the night just was kind of thrown off from there. And the Jazz could not get a stop. Did not play good defense in transition, coach, and they took a lopsided beating. And Rudy Gay there. The other thing he said was, you know, if you're watching close, there's been kind of a big cloud hanging over. Yeah, kind of he did. What we had talked about, and absolutely, I hate to make those like assumptions because it's the easy, you know, low hanging fruit. But I think in this instance, it was. It was completely uh, out of the norm for this team, a team that really hung their hat on playing hard every night and being in every game, and um, just kind of got out of sorts. And so you kind of felt like something was possibly at least being felt around the locker room, and sure enough. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, understandably so. And to to all involved, I mean, you can see what the Jazz are doing. They're trying to invest in the future. Uh, this year is definitely has you know that vibe to it. You know what a what a last really calendar year it's been, Coach. You know to think of uh, going into the All Star break last year and where this franchise was to uh, where exactly it is now. You know it, it it's a process and. It's not easy uh, for players to undergo it. I mean, Rudy Gay really drove that home too, you know, to the the personal people aspect of it, how difficult it is to to move on and uproot your life and do all those sorts of things. And, and uh, the you know, everybody is going to benefit from tomorrow being over. Do you ever have those days oh, or yeah, something, man. you know, yeah. something that you've had marked on the calendar and you just say, man, I can't wait for this to come and go. Because uh, you can get back to normal. It, it's how I feel every year around the holidays. Love the holidays, but can't wait for them to come and go so I can get back to normal. And, and normal will be different. You know, that's the other piece of this. Um, new faces. And a couple of guys talked about, you know, I mean, Juan Tos- Toscana Anderson's name came up. He played with the Warriors and did a really good job. Um, kid out of Oakland, played in the same uh, organization as as Damian Lillard, Ray Young's the coach uh, of that organization. It's named after Damian now, but Juan's a yeah he, he's a tough kid. It'll be interesting to see how it all fits. But yeah, normal will be different. We you know we got used to seeing Mike out there, Beasley making threes, Vando, and so yeah, Nikhil it'll be different. Jazz got twenty two tonight uh, from Colin Sexton in the losing effort as he stepped into the starting lineup. Uh, twenty one from Lowry Markin and eight of sixteen shooting. Walker Kessler was sixteen and nine. Kelly Olynyk had fourteen. We didn't talk a ton about uh, Clarkson tonight, Coach. He was three of thirteen, struggled shooting the ball, only eight points, one of five uh, from three, six boards, 
and uh, six assists. Obviously, we didn't see Jordan a, a tremendous amount in the fourth quarter. He only played 24 minutes tonight. Taylor Horton Tucker had 15 coming in off the bench for the Timberwolves. Uh, Anthony Edwards with 31 points tonight. Jalen Noel with 30 points. And even uh, Luca Garza got in on the action, Coach. He had 25 coming in off the benches. The Timberwolves were just lights out shooting the basketball tonight. Yeah, Luca Garza came in and was just firing them in from everywhere. It's crazy. Four or five from three yeah, tonight. I mean, he was like, like that old double dribble game, and he was just firing them. Have in. a night, Luca. Uh, you, you brought up Clarkson struggled. I thought he was struggled the other night. Um, this has got to have a big impact on him. You know, Conley and he were both kind of the leaders of this team, the veterans, and have done an, uh, such an admirable job of, of really kind of making a great culture in year one for Will and and all these young guys. So. You know, Jordan's got to be feeling it a little bit. And, um, you know, 1 o'clock tomorrow, up until then, um, obviously a deal could possibly still be done with, with the remaining guys. And so we'll get, we'll get through that, like you said, and, and kind of set a new course. I would guess the Jazz aren't done, but that's it. That's purely a guess. So, you know, keep your, keep your uh, phone on tomorrow. Just in case any news comes around. Well, listen to the station too. Yeah, I mean, listen to be the, right in your wheelhouse. The KSL you know? Sports Zone. All this the days like tomorrow are the reason we're live and local. That's all right. Day. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coach. Let's get some final thoughts from you on this one before we turn the page. Surreal, surreal night that I'll never forget. Um, you know, uh, a, a crazy goodbye. You know, kind of an abrupt goodbye. But again, we all knew what we were signing up for. I think everybody knew. When a rebuild's on the table, um, you, you go by opportunity, and this is one that the front office felt like for a lot of different reasons was good. Um, they have not disappointed this year. Absolutely put together a phenomenal package of uh, of things, you know, tools that they can rebuild, picks and players and, and the like. So uh, excited to see what the next phase is, but don't certainly don't want to disrespect the guys who are leaving because they've been phenomenal. We want to say a big thanks to everybody involved in the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone. Thanks to all the broadcast assistants that helped out with us tonight. We appreciate it. Thanks to Mike Smith for jumping on the pregame show. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins, of course, executive producer of the uh, Jazz broadcast. We want to say and thank Mark Miller Subaru, uh, the title sponsor of the postgame show and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique store to share. Read some, share your own. My Subaru is dot com. And of course, Coach Lacombe, thank you. Good evening, man. <laughs> Good evening to you. The Jazz fall tonight, 143 to 118 to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Up next, the Jazz take on the Toronto Raptors. They're headed out on the road. Uh, Friday night, tip off for that game will be at 530. Pre-game begins at 430. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Brought to- Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. 
I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.